the war in Ukraine has uh, exposed what we already know, that fossil fuels are bad, not only for the environment, but also for energy security. Hello, this is the Weekly Tradecast, a new podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, the UN's trade and development body. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're looking at the energy crisis. Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February has tightened supplies of oil and gas, and that's driven prices higher just as demand recovers after the easing of COVID restrictions. Russia is one of the world's biggest gas producers and has already cut supplies to some European countries. Western nations are moving to phase out Russian imports and secure energy from elsewhere to keep factories running and prepare for winter. This energy crisis is fueling fears that many countries will postpone climate goals by reversing plans to invest billions in cleaner renewable energy from the wind, sun and sea. Well, joining me now is Enrique Pacini, an economist at UNCTAD, specialising in trade, energy and the environment. A keen photographer, he enjoys the challenge of communicating these themes through the power of images. Well, welcome, Henri. Let's begin by asking about the war in Ukraine. How is it reshaping global energy markets? Thank you for having me in the podcast, Sarah. The war in Ukraine has uh, exposed what we already know, that fossil fuels are bad, not only for the environment, but also for energy security. You cannot rely on them, especially uh, since their production is very centralized in a few places around the world. And this uh, creates uh, emergency situations which lead to the high prices we have now. So we need to change the energy system as soon as possible. How to do that? We need to go uh, for a different energy system based on renewables that are more dispersed and enhance at the same time our energy security. Why are prices rising more in some countries than others when it's actually a universal problem, isn't it? That's a very good question. Energy markets are not fully and perfectly connected. So while we have, for example, very high uh, increases in energy prices uh, in Europe due to the, to the ongoing conflict, you might not have as the same type of increase in, in other regions, such as in Asia or in uh, Latin America, because the supply and transmission mix there is, and also the consumption mix, is different. But in one way or another, all energy markets are connected, and uh, the argument for a transition to, to renewables is uh, universal. The important thing to think, uh, Sarah, is that transitioning to renewables require action not only at the, the project, at the business level, at the, at the national levels, but also across countries. It revitalizes the importance of environmental goods and services negotiations at the World Trade Organization. We need to also work on the transmission infrastructure so that countries can trade energy, especially renewable energy, better. Now, we talk a lot about renewable energy, but it's expensive and it takes time. So what do we need to do right now to stay on track with renewable energy and also climate change goals? I would change, challenge you in a part of your argument. Uh, renewable energy takes time to go online. The projects uh, take a, a lot of investment and maturity time. But the price uh, of uh, the cost of renewable energy now is in many stances very competitive with uh, that of, of fossil fuels. 
And those are very positive signs because we need, of course, to transition to a more sustainable energy system, but it, which also allows people to have access to low-cost energy services. I think one key important area now is to use, perhaps this for the private sector, to use the revenues of those high energy costs that we are seeing now to invest, in, to future-proof the, the, the countries and regions and businesses uh, divesting from fossil fuels and investing to renewables. Now, how worried are you that the current situation will be a major setback for the transition to renewable energy? I'm actually optimistic because I think that this situation now has uh, further exposed the problems of the fossil fuel system and dependency on, on, on gas and, and petroleum. I think that this will trigger a final uh, impetus to re-transition faster towards renewable renewables. We are transitioning already. So in 2018, we had 18% of electricity uh, production coming from renewables. To, today, we have over uh, almost 30%, but we need more. The, the growth rate has been around 20-28% per, per year. We need to at least double that to meet a fully renewable world by 2050. Now, um, we've talked a lot about the need to have renewable energy, but what impact will it have on the environment? You, that's a very good point, uh, Sarah. Renewables are not free of environmental consequences. We, once we go for renewables, we need to think about the, the full life cycle of renewable energy products, uh, what the consequences of, of their services. For example, to have uh, recycling chains for solar and, and wind installations, and also for the upcoming uh, electric mobility system. We need to have a very good reverse logistics to ensure that uh, uh, metals related to, to batteries do not leak into nature. And after all, they are also uh, important because there is not uh, an abundant amount of lithium in the world. And it's very important that the lithium that is in batteries right now is captured and recycled back into new lithium uh, batteries. So we need to think all of that before we create another problem as we created uh, fossil fuels. But uh, what is the positive impact, though? Because we're hoping this will protect the environment, too. The key aspect and the most urgent aspect of uh, adopting and increasing the utilization of renewables is climate change, followed by, of course, energy security. We need to drastically lower carbon emissions and eventually become carbon negative even to counteract the effects of climate change uh, in the long run. And renewables are the first and urgent step because the energy system is the biggest contributor to climate change. Now, if rich European countries are now struggling, what are the realities and the options for developing countries? Developing countries have one advantage compared to developed countries. They don't have so much infrastructure in place, so they don't have to offset investments that already occurred in the past and can create pressures for a continuation of the fossil fuel systems. So developing countries, they are in a position to invest from now on in a better energy system, and it's important that they do that. Now, at the moment, we've all heard about the US legislation um, that it includes a $369 billion package in climate change and energy provisions. What impact would this bill have on US energy consumption and elsewhere in the world? I think this package is a very encouraging sign. I think it signals to, to markets that renewables are here to stay and they're here to become mainstream and soon surpass perhaps the, the share of fossil energy in the energy mix. And I think the most important signal of this package is a market signal that disseminates across borders. So uh, neighboring countries, other regions, trade partners might, uh, by consequence, 
adopt their own packages or, or reshuffle their own markets to, to, to meet the incentives that this action brings, meaning it, it would, could become a big primer for a global adoption of renewables or a faster uptake of renewables in the world. Well, thank you so much, um, Henri. That was uh, UNCTAD's Henri K. Piccini, who is this week's guest. Tune in to the weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. And there's even more on our website, unctad.org. I'm Sarah Toms in Geneva. Goodbye for now.